The Tom Woods Show, episode 1803. Prepare to set fire to the index card of allowable opinion. Your daily dose of liberty education starts here. The Tom Woods Show. Hi, everybody. Tom Woods here. All right. Last week I said something because I guess the holidays just had me running all over the place crazy and my mind not working correctly. But I had Jeff Diced on and I said, this is the last thing anyone's going to hear from the Tom Woods Show before the end of the year. I don't know what I was thinking. I forgot there's an entire other week that follows that. And as I said, I'm doing fewer episodes the last couple of weeks of the year and I'll return next year. I was going to return on Tuesday, but we're going to return Monday, January 4th with a great week of episodes with a special guest. But anyway, so we do have these episodes this week. Jeff Deist's episode was excellent, but that is not the last one of the year. As a matter of fact, today we're talking to Max Kane, who is the creator of farmmatch.com, which is a site you can use to find small family farms near you where you can get fresh produce and fresh food grown and raised the way you like it and conveniently accessible. Max has been a food freedom activist for a long time, and we'll talk to him also about his raw milk activism and what happened to him with that. Max, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Tom. I'm really, really interested in what you're doing. Can you start off by giving us a little bit of your background and maybe that part of your background that might have led you into the kind of work you're doing now? Yeah, uh, well, I'm 43 now, and when when I was 10 years old, I started. I grew up in Chicago and started experiencing this horrific abdominal pain right around the age of 10. And it took them about a year and a half to diagnose me with Crohn's disease. And it was degenerative Crohn's disease. So I was really emaciated. I couldn't put on weight. And I went through all different kinds of medical therapies and treatments for about a decade. Nothing really worked. The medication was never really effective. I ended up having a, a, a surgery. And then after the surgery, I just kept getting worse. And then eventually, um, I made my way to this nutritional coach who ended up, you know, helping me change my diet. I mean, I grew up on the kind of the standard American diet of just fast food and processed food. And, and so I changed my diet and started getting food, fresh farm food from local farms. And by changing my diet, my health just flourished. It totally turned around. It was like a, it was literally a, a religious changing experience for me, literally. Um, I just started uh, believing different things about life, and I got healthy enough to the point where I didn't need to take medication anymore, and uh, you know, I've been off all medication for over 15 years now, and my health has just flourished. I put on over 50 pounds of healthy athletic weight, so I, I was around 110 pounds, and now I'm closer to, I think I weigh 167. I'm in really good shape, and so... I became very active in the local food movement because I was just literally inspired to, you know, get the word out because there's so many sick people in the world. And I never knew that diet could be this powerful toward a person's health and longevity. And where I was supposed to, I guess, you know, die early on medications, now I'm off medication and I'm continuing to live and get healthier and thrive. And make memorable experiences with my loved ones and just have a life that I wouldn't have had if I continued eating the way I ate. So as an activist in the local food movement, I started I started going around to different court rallies and just I got active with legislation 
and trying to help create laws that are more favorable to small farms. It's crazy out there, but the the government is actually cracking down on small farms that want to sell their product direct because they think it's unsafe for people to eat food direct from farms. On a side note, uh, Michael Badnerick says hello. And so oh, does, great. And so does, so does John Moody. These are uh, two guys I met during my uh, effort toward helping liberate small farms and healthy food. I spoke with both of them yesterday. They said to say hello to you. Well, I love both of those guys. All right, <laughs> all right. Well, I knew you were in good company from just from the basis of the the person who contacted me about having you on uh, was familiar with work I've done. So I figured there was some overlap in our audiences. Well, this is all really great. I can understand if you had a story like yours where your health is transformed that much, I would want to devote myself to that too because who knows how many other people I might thereby help. Did you create Farm Match, the website? Yeah, yeah. So so as I got involved in the local food movement, I saw that small farms needed some kind of software technology to help expedite orders and payments and help get their food out into the marketplace. And so I, I kind of built... You know, it's it, farm match is like if you can imagine, kind of like um, it. It kind of decentralizes and makes all these small scale farmers. It's like an online marketplace where you can buy food direct from small scale farmers in your area. And we launched the website on September 11th, 2012. Uh, it just happened to be that's the date when we launched. It had nothing to do with the uh, the attack in New York. On September, on, you know, the 9/11 had nothing to do with that. It just happened to be that's when we launched in 2012 on September 11th, and so we've been going for about eight years now, and we uh, we facilitated over the website has facilitated over uh, 600,000 orders uh, where people have bought food from small scale farms, and now we're in the process. We want to build out a application for delivery drivers, like this feature. That would allow. I mean, you're most everyone's familiar with uh, Uber Eats or DoorDash, or you know, the you can go on your smartphone and have a delivery driver bring your food from a restaurant uh, to you without having to go to the restaurant. And we're kind of leveraging uh, all these you know different people that want to help participate in the world and, and get you what you want, whether it's you know, like Airbnb, someone can rent out their, their room to you if you need a place for the night. And if someone's got a vehicle, they can help bring food to you from a small farm. So right now we have all these small farms all across the country. And most people are unaware of this, but there's just tens of thousands of small farms that are making deliveries into the city already. And they have these uh, drop location or pickup location uh, food distribution models where they go to all these different neighborhoods around the city and you meet them at the pickup location and you get your food. And the thing is with that distribution model, it the, the there's a huge positive benefit, which is that the farmer does not have to make all these home deliveries. So it helps them um, be really efficient with their time and the amount of fuel they buy and everything. Which And the buyers like that because it helps the farmer keep the cost of food so it's affordable. So it helps keep the cost of food low. So the buyers like that as well. So what's going on is what this is something that's kind of naturally occurring right now is when the 
buyers come to the pickup location, they pick up their order, and then other people who live in their neighborhood say, hey, by the way, can you pick up my order too and bring it back to my house? Because, you know, we live near each other. And so there's a lot of people who want to order fresh uh, food from these local farms that are making these deliveries. But for whatever reason, they can't quite make it to the uh, the specific location where they go to pick up their food in their neighborhood. Maybe they don't have a car. Maybe it's, there's a conflict with their work schedule. Maybe there could be all different reasons, right? So want to build out this application that allows buyers that are already picking up their order from the pickup location to also pick up orders for other people in their neighborhood and then go expedite those home deliveries. This is really smart. I, I absolutely love this. So I'm looking at the website right now. It, it couldn't be simpler to use. Yeah. This is obviously very much in the tradition of what's called community-supported agriculture, I assume? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea is it's kind of twofold. I mean, number one, obviously I as the consumer benefit because I'm getting fresh food and I, I know where it comes from and I know that they use good practices and this has you know many beneficial effects, but likewise for them it's helpful because you know there's a lot of uncertainty that goes along with farming to say the least. I don't think I could handle all the the stress of it of all the things that could go wrong. And then you do have to have pretty big expense outlays certain times of the year that then you make up later through sales. So, so it'd be nice to have people who are regular customers who support you. So you have a built-in market, and so you help each other in this way. Yeah. And in addition to that, there's two major issues in our food system that make the current model, the current food system model, unhealthy and fragile. So first, let's uh, address the fragile issue. We have these really long food chains that have all these dependencies in the middle. So from the producer to the, the person who's eating the food, there's all this unneeded bureaucracy and middlemen. And so we have all these dependencies, right? And so we started seeing this, you know, when uh, all the the fear started hitting, you know, the media, the the media just started spreading all this stuff about COVID-19 and people started panicking. And we saw at that point, we saw how fragile our food system was because Grocery store shelves started becoming empty. People couldn't get food they wanted. So whenever there's any kind of a crisis or whether it's a manufactured crisis or non-manufactured, our our current food system, that model is fragile and it it does not sustain a public uh, crisis or mass panic very, very well. And so this kind of a food system where you're getting food directly and having these delivery drivers from people in your own neighborhood kind of calls, uh, it summons the power of a cooperative effort to help make food available, uh, even in times of panic and crisis. So it really, in a, in a effective, tangible way, really addresses the uh, fragileness of our food system. And then in addition to that, the, the other problem it really addresses is the food system in general is really unhealthy. You see like cancer and all these other dietary problems just increasing every year. And a lot of the food that, I mean, that, you know, the, the governments, you know, they say they're keeping us safe, but the FDA is uh, legalizing all this food for sale that actually is unhealthy to eat and causes disease, but that doesn't seem to stop them. But anyway, so a lot of the food in circulation, if you go, if you drive through any major city, you know, there's just tons of 
junk food almost on there's all these convenience stores and gas stations and everyone's selling food so when you you're driving by and you're just hungry and you need a quick snack like a lot of that food is just really unhealthy to eat and so this is going to also increase the availability of healthy nutritious food that actually nourishes our body and doesn't cause disease well so what kind of things would my let's say local farm be doing in terms of their agricultural practices that would make it's not just that the food is fresher because it doesn't have to travel as long a distance. What kind of practices are they engaged in that make the food safer for me? Yeah, and, oh, you know, man. Than, than other in other practices would. Yeah, awesome question. So a lot of the a lot of the big farms out in the world are. I mean, they're very toxic. They're spraying chemicals and all kinds of pesticides and herbicides. And when we hear pesticide, we don't really. A lot of us don't think, well, what does that mean? What does it do? But it's basically like a, a mini, if you can imagine like a miniature, like nuclear bomb that kind of supposed to kill the insect. So it's strong enough to kill this tiny little insect uh, you know, right away, totally dead. But it, we're bigger, you know, a lot of us, maybe we weigh 120 pounds, 200 pounds. We're bigger creatures. So the, that pesticide doesn't necessarily kill us dead right away instantly like it does the insect. But what it does is it creates like a miniature death in our body. So when we get bombarded with lots of pesticides and put that on our food, which is what a lot of the large scale farms do uh, to knock out the insects, I mean, that it kind of like... Uh, I mean, there's no real way to measure this, and it's kind of nebulous, which is why it's gone as far as it has, because it's not as, as black and white. I mean, I come, come up to you with a baseball bat, and I hit you in the knee real hard, and your your bone shatters, and all of a sudden, three minutes later, you have a big, huge bruise. I mean, it's obvious that happened because you got hit with the baseball bat, right? But you know, we have these weird things happening. Or we're running fevers. We get these weird rashes on our body. You know, where our energy's low. And it's like, well, what's the cause of this? And it, it's not like, you know, so that when we're interacting with these pesticides and they come into our bodies, they, they create this like these these symptoms that are, are kind of a little bit trickier to pinpoint because the symptom might not show up instantly right away. Now, it actually does for some people. Like, we, we, and probably like the biggest, uh, this is probably which kind of goes to the vaccine argument is some people, they get a vaccine, they die that day, you know? So it's pretty evident that, you know, it's from the vaccine. And, but, but some people don't die right away from a vaccine. So it's kind of like the, these uh, miniature deaths that go on in our body, the miniature poisoning that happens, whether it's from pesticides or vaccines, it's, it's, Sometimes it's a little bit trickier to prove than getting hit with a baseball bat. And that's why it goes on uh, as long as it does. But the good news is that small-scale farms, some of them do use pesticides, but not many. So the good news is that when you're getting food from a small-scale local farm, not only is it going to be fresher, but it's not going to be raised with pesticides. And if you're getting meat, the greater of the likelihood is that that animal, whether it's a cow or a chicken, has been free to range and live its natural life, um, eating grass and interacting, getting sunlight. So that food is going to be a lot healthier for you than from a big farm where maybe the animal was kept in confinement. Some, some animals never even get sunlight. You know, they never get to go outside. And now 
in the food industry, what they're, they want to come up with what they would, what I would refer to would be an animal list uh, meat farm where basically they're going to be raising meat in a, in a test tube inside. And, you know, it's just, it's like the quality standards keep decreasing and decreasing with these big farms. And one of the other problems is these big farms um, have now realized that, Hey, this like natural food organic movement without chemicals and without pesticides is, is gaining steam and people are willing to pay more because they're understanding the fact that, um, diet does cause disease if you're getting chemicals in your diet. So they're trying to get in on that market. And what they do is they, they send these lobbyists to Washington, D.C. to try and lobby to make uh, the organic standards more relaxed so that, hey, we can call this thing organic, but we can still load it up with tons of pesticides, but still call it organic because the new organic law allows you to do this. So these big food companies are constantly, a lot of the big farms and the big food companies are constantly lobbying Congress to try and relax organic standards. They're not really, their heart isn't in it. They don't really care about healthy food. They're just trying to make more money, um, but their heart isn't in it. But so small scale farms, their heart is in their work. They're, they're farmers because they love the land and they love what they do. They're like an artist on their land, creating this really, really high quality food. So um, so that's the, the benefit is you just, kind of asked about, you know, what's the benefit of getting food from a small farm that's close to me that beside, besides, you know, that it's fresher food, you know, it's, it's going to have a lot less chemical residue than food from a big farm from far away. Right. Folks, let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsor, BetterHelp. I know a lot of people say nothing changes on New Year's Day. We all know the U2 song. But it really can be an opportunity to collect ourselves, set goals for ourselves, and try to overcome obstacles and problems that have beset us in the previous year. So maybe you would like to have a 2021 in which you're suffering from less anxiety, or you overcome depression, or you manage stress better, or you improve your relationships, or you resolve family conflicts. Whatever it is that's holding you back from living the life of happiness and fulfillment that you want, BetterHelp can help you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who's perfect for you. It's online, convenient, professional, affordable. You can start communicating in under 24 hours and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Well, I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com woods. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash woods. Now, I'm curious about how you start something like this. There are many, many farms out there, and when I enter my zip code into your system, I get uh, several hits that, you know, I've lived here four years, I didn't know about any of them. Yeah. So that's that's terrific. How did you find them all? Do they come to you, and how do they know to come to you? How do the farms know to come to Farm Match? Yeah, I mean, it's like starting a Facebook. It doesn't really work if there are three people on it. Yeah. You know, so, so how do you get going? So I've gone out to different farming conferences, but besides that, I've been really active in the local food movement for a long time. So just like, I literally traveled. After, I ended up leaving Chicago and started focusing on my health. I traveled the country. I visited over 200 farms just to learn about food production. It was kind of like a self-directed, a food education course. And I, I would just 
drive in the country and show up on farmers and uh, and say, hey, I you know I I'm trying to learn about food. I see you got some cows and chickens out here. You you can you teach me anything? And I and I'd be happy to you know work on the farm. So I traded my labor uh, on a lot of farms for education and. So I created a great network of farmers just from doing that. But besides that, I went to conferences and farmers talk amongst themselves as well. So when one of them, you know, gets on farm match and starts having a good experience, they usually tell their neighbors about it. Ah, okay. All right. So this has been up for eight years now. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. as I say, I just, I just called up my own zip code and stuff's coming up. So I love this. I definitely want to recommend people check it out. Farmmatch.com. Now, are there, other than the stuff you were talking about, about organic standards, are there aspects of the existing system, including the FDA or the, the government in any way, that you think on net tend to benefit larger scale agriculture than smaller? Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> if, we could, if we could kind of open up a free market, uh, small scale farms would knock these bigger companies out of the box. It would it would be like a non competition. It it would be like uh, you know me boxing Mike Tyson or something like that. Like he would just like one hit and it would be over with. Because a lot of these regulations favor the big. They they make it hard for the small farms that are creating good healthy food. It make they make it hard for them to operate, and they favor um, these big food corporations and big farms that are creating this unhealthy food now. You know, we the, the the idea of the government, right? Or you know, it's you know, the, there's this idea that the FDA is like looking out for our best interest, you know, and, and help keeping us safe and things like that. But that that's not the case. That's not what happens in the real world. That's kind of like the imaginative idea. And I, where that idea comes, I'm not really sure because I always thought people could. Uh, make good decisions for themselves. I mean, in this country, we're we're smart enough to sit on a jury and say whether or not someone should go to jail for the rest of their life. We're smart enough to examine evidence on a jury. I'm smart enough to join the military and uh, go mow someone over with machine gun fire. You know, I'm smart enough to vote yeah, for someone that I think should you know, be the president or the mayor or whoever. I'm smart enough to do all these things, but somehow the government uh, calculates that when it comes to food, I'm too stupid to uh, figure out what food is healthy for me. So they have to keep me safe by, you know, not allowing me to buy food from fresh local farms because because of the fear that's spread. You know, they, they say it's unsafe and, you know, you got to have all these different sanitizing, recommend, you know, spend 150000 on all this equipment just to make sure it's safe. I mean, people have been eating this way for ever since the beginning of recorded history, you know, but I guess in the, the past 50 years, uh, all this food is dangerous now. And that, that's the way they, that's the way they pitch it to us. Uh, a lot of us know that's not true. That's why we're fighting against it. We want a free market for our food system. We're you know, I, I want to be able to get food from my local farmer and not have anyone in the middle of that, you know, just like has been going on for the, you know, since the beginning of recorded history. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I want to ask you something, if you don't mind, from before you did Farm Match. I wonder if you could say something about you and raw milk. Oh, yeah. Um, well, that's kind of where I got started because 
when I went out to this farm and I started drinking raw milk, that's where my health really started to just uh, accelerate and blossom. And so I became very active in the raw milk movement. And <laughs> oh man, I've been to so many court court hearings and rallies. It's, it's kind of like a blur. Um, but from my experience, I still consume raw milk. I get it from local farms. I have four children. They all grew up on raw milk. Um, and it's, it's a staple part of our diet. Interesting enough, uh, raw milk has been the food that has actually allowed civilization to, to flourish because, you know, as we, we settle somewhere in a new area, we need to figure out how do we feed ourselves and having cows producing milk gave, um, society that steady food supply for a long time, uh, while, um, to nourish us and feed us while we figured out how to build other infrastructure in society, society. But it was, it was milking dairy animals, whether it's cows or Genghis Khan used to milk their mares. They used to make this fermented, uh, milk out of the mare milk, this, uh, kind of kefir kind of, uh, offspring. If you're from, if people are familiar with kefir, it's kind of like a drinkable yogurt. So getting back to my experience in raw milk, it's, it's very safe. I've, been consuming it for over 15 years, never got sick. I've interviewed over a thousand people that have that same testimony that have been consuming raw milk for a long time um, and had no problem. I just interviewed, I was out in uh, Hudson, New York, interviewing Abby Rockefeller. Um, this was a couple months back. Uh, she told me how she grew up on raw milk and uh, her lineage uh, grew up on raw milk and they seem to be, you know, they seem to be doing pretty well. And so that's my experience with raw milk. It's it's just a great food. It's got tons of enzymes and benefits. I mean, um, I don't know if there's anything specific you have. I feel like I'm kind of rambling a little bit. But. Well, I was curious mainly about, uh, you know, run-ins with the authorities over the summer. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I had a run-in. So I had the... Uh, I had the, the FDA, um, they like to play puppeteer. The FDA, they, they like to play puppeteer. I don't know if they got, they watched that cartoon Pinocchio from Disney or how they, you know, but, um, so what the FDA and these other uh, federal agencies they like to do is because they, they push money to the states. And so with that comes all the strings. So what they do when they have an agenda they want to push, a lot of times they like to hide behind the scene and go to the state um, agency and have the state try and, uh, you know, enforce whatever the bidding is that they want done. So I had, uh, I had the Department of Justice and the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture uh, come after me for getting raw milk from farms and helping uh, distribute it. And they wanted me, they wanted me to answer all these questions. They kind of subpoenaed me. They wanted to put me into a deposition where I would answer all these questions that would basically, um, you know, they would use my testimony to go shut all these farms down uh, that were, you know, selling raw milk. And so I, I didn't want to testify because, you know, I, I thought farmers should be able to sell raw milk. And in, in addition to that, I'd kind of be shooting myself in the foot because, you know, if they, if they, if they go lock up all my farmers, how am I supposed to eat? You know? And so it's, um, so the, uh, the the Wisconsin Department of Justice and uh, the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, the, it's actually the correct acronym is called DADCAP, the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. Um, they they subpoenaed me into court 
And uh, they, you know, they said, well, if you don't testify, we're going to put you in jail for 18 months. And by statute, by statute, they, they were, uh, uh, I guess the statute, the state statute gave them the authority to do that, you know, totally in violation of the constitution. But, you know, when do they listen to that document? So, uh, so I, I, I refused and I, I talked, I talked with my local sheriff and as it turned out, my sheriff grew up on raw milk and he was still drinking raw milk and he was actually uh, drinking. He was getting it from his neighbor illegally. Oh, okay. That's the kind of sheriff we want. Yeah. And so I talked with my sheriff and, uh, the, and, uh, and at the time, so I was like, right at that time is when I met Michael Bednarik and I'm learning about the constitution. And I run into this other guy, uh, Richard Mack, Sheriff Richard Mack, who's, teaching me about the authority of the local sheriff. And so I'm talking with my sheriff and the sh my sheriff says, well, what do you want? What do you want me to do? You know, what do you want me to do, Max? And I said, well, the, the bailiff in, in court is a sheriff's deputy. Am I correct about that? Yeah. Yeah. That's my deputy, the bailiff in court. I said, well, if the judge orders the bailiff to lock me up and take me away, I want you to be in court with me. And I want you to tell the bailiff uh, to stand down. You know, when the judge gives the order to lock me up, tell the bailiff to stand down. Now, I live in a small town here. We got about 4,000 people. And so, you know, everyone kind of knows each other. We don't even have metal detectors to get into the courtroom, you know. So it's like, you know, we're in a small town. And so so the sheriff says, wow, you're, we're going to really have a, a lot to talk about in town when that happens. I said, well, hey, I just want what's right. And he says, well, here's here's what I'll do. You know, um, he says, uh if they lock you, he says, you know, I run the jail. And he says, if I lock you, if they lock you up, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, once you come, once you get to the jail, I'll just open the cell and, you know, let you out. I, I said, okay, well, that's, that's a lot better than the other option, you know, so, uh, you know, the other option of just sitting in the cell. So I said, okay, deal. And, uh, so as it turns out, uh, we went, the, the court case, uh, we lost in the, the trial court. I put, uh, we lost the appeal. I petitioned the state Supreme Court. The state Supreme Court refused to hear the petition. So the uh, the case got pushed back to the local trial court. And it was time for the department, you know, in court, you know, you're, you know, the plaintiff is usually moving the case. You know, I'm not really required. I just sit and go along for the ride, you know. And so it was, it was the state's turn to take action to call, uh, to you know, call my questioning again, and they never did. They kind of disappeared, and I don't have proof of this, but something in my gut tells me that the sheriff, that my sheriff, called up the state uh, and told them, like, "Hey, um, just so you guys know, this isn't going to happen in my county, so you might as well not show up." That's what I think happened because once the sheriff got involved. The, the state where they were pushing so hard, Tom, they were just pushing so hard to get my testimony. And then once the sheriff got involved, all of a sudden the state just disappeared. They never showed up. And then so court just kind of came to an end. You know, it didn't go any farther. And that was back in 2009. So it was uh, 11 years ago. Wow. So you, you got some serious street cred having endured that. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Holy yeah. cow. So so you've been out there in this kind of cause for 
quite some time. Well, I, I love what you've done with Farm Match, and I think I'm going to start using it myself. I did not know of its existence until a couple of days ago, and now I'm an instant convert. So tremendous work. Uh, any, any parting words from my folks before we wrap up today? Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. The, the parting words are that your diet is so closely related in, in governing your health. I want you to think of like, think of your diet as like the constitution of your health. And uh, when you, when you violate, you know, when you violate the constant, that your health, your health is like your, your liberty and your diet is like kind of that constitution. When you start violating your diet, you're, you're going to lose your liberty, your health. And that most modern, most doctors in the world today don't make, you know, they just want to give you drugs and surgery. They don't tell you how profound food actually is toward uh, recovering from disease. And so that that's the final word I'd like to leave uh, your listeners with is that do not underestimate the power of fresh, healthy food from a local food source. All right. And farmmatch.com is where to go check that out. I'll link to that also at tomwoods.com slash 1803. Well, thank you very much, Max, and continue good luck to you in this important work. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. And thank you as well, Tom. Keep up the great work. All right, everybody. I want to tell you one more thing about Max before we wrap up for today. And that has to do with some crowdfunding he's doing for what seems to be a pretty worthy project uh, over on Indiegogo. And what he's looking to do is create a delivery driver app for small farm food so that the average household can get the convenience of home delivery of fresh local food at a reasonable price. So what he wants to do is build a delivery driver app into the already existing farmmatch.com small farm marketplace. So the idea is he wants to create a battalion of drivers that deliver fresh, healthy local food from small farms to homes and cities. There are delivery driver apps for the restaurant industry and for the grocery store industry. Why not for small farms? So I'm going to link to that crowdfunding project on the show notes page, tomwoods.com slash 1803. Another thing I'd like to tell you about involves a new podcast created by a Tom Woods Show listener, and that's Come Home America with Nick Hancock. He describes it as a paleo-libertarian podcast, but beyond the traditional old-right positions of anti-empire and pro-markets, Hancock is keeping a close eye also on developments in local communities and mediating institutions that form the moral character needed to grow a free society. So common episode topics include secession, nullification, COVID tyranny, and the Great Reset. So check that out. Come Home America with Nick Hancock at nickhancock.com. That's H-A-N-K-O-F-F, nickhancock.com. Now, as we approach the new year and you're thinking about your New Year's resolutions, by the way, New Year's resolutions are not just a a scam, by the way. They really can work. There are people who stick to them. There honestly are. And one that you should stick to is if you have been thinking that maybe I should have a site or a blog, well, All Woods here is going to help you out because if you create it, use my link to get your hosting, I'll help get you some traffic. I have a whole group of people, hundreds and hundreds of people. We have a private bloggers group where we help each other. You can be a member of that if you like. I've got a bunch of free tutorials to help you out. I'm going to make this as easy for you as possible and maximize your chances of success. So you get all those free bonuses when you head over to tomwoods.com slash publicity and you get the details. So make sure and do that and I'll see you tomorrow. 
Become a smarter libertarian in just 30 minutes a day. Visit TomWoods.com to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll see you next time. Like the sound of The Tom Woods Show? My audio production is provided by Podsworth Media. Check them out at podsworth.com.